from the trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from Change GPS. Joined with me, Paul Meisner from Freedom Mentoring. We're brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software and the outsourced accountant taking care of all your global resourcing needs. Paul, some big stuff happened this week. All the marketing started for Accounting Business Expo. We've got an absolute jam-packed show. Welcome back, mate. Thank you very much, David. Hello, listeners. Hello, all. Uh, well, we, we, we've been through, I don't think I've seen this much content and this much getting around uh, certainly our pre-game for a while. There is uh, a lot happening, share markets going south at a rate of knots, uh, it's it is crazy, David. But you get us into it, mate. Best on ground. What do you got? Uh, best on ground. We for many many years, Paul. You and I of all the media outlets have done more work than just about anyone to promote the accounting business expo. We do pre events. We've done guides. If you if you want to have a look at what we've done, or if you want to prepare for another expo, jump on our website in the search function. Just write, type in expo or type in conference and all of our shows and blogs about that stuff will come up. This year is really interesting because this is the first year it's being run by the new owners, Terrapin. Of course, National Media sold it to them last year. And the event curator, Sholto McPherson, has probably been under a little bit of pressure, Paul, maybe, thanks to certain comments following uh, the last Melbourne event, which wasn't a huge hit, widely and that wasn't just you and I talking about year. that. Widely, and not just by us, widely. It wasn't just widely by us. No, yep. Widely slammed. And and there is a lot of pressure on this, and I sort of sitting on the software side now where we're choosing how to spend our annual budget, we've committed to Accounting Business Expo, but we want it to be really good. And we're, we're kind of gone all in. I said to the guys, we really need to make this really special the agenda came out this week, and I've got to say, Sholto has definitely responded. They are doing something different this year to prior years, and it's called the plenary. Now, a lot of people like Accounting Business Expo, Paul. I was in my favorite Facebook group, the Small Business Accountants Brain Tr- and, and Advisors Brain Trust Australia, last night. Somebody asked about Accounting Business Expo. No joke, 33 comments. All of them said it's a great event and worth going to. Uh, fair enough, fair enough, David. I think, uh, but yeah. but sorry, but sorry, I'll add in. Um, so what what Shelter has done is added this year something called the um, the plenary. So they've got an actual plenary with serious, heavy keynote speakers that are actual keynotes, not just like I'm a thought leader. I'm a keynote. Of course, I'm not a thought leader. I'm yet to win that prestigious award, Paul, but actual people with serious influence. So they've got Jeremy Hershon, the second commissioner from the ATO, talking about tax and digital world. They've got uh, Nick Greener, who's the president of the Australian Liberal Party, talking about business and politics over the next 10 years. They've got Jeremy Thorpe, the chief economist from PwC, talking about coronavirus, bushfires and the energy crisis. And I think this is fascinating because I'll tell you something, Paul. Have, Have you seen your clients, are you starting to have conversations about I might actually be stuffed here because I can't get stock out of China at the moment. Uh, yeah, nothing I'm going to learn, though, <laughs> in any of those sessions, David. It's it's the same. Look, to me, it's the same free ticket. Uh, if if it's a free ticket, you're the one being sold to. I hope it's good. I know we know there was a – we know there was an absolute group of exhibitors 
who, if they hadn't paid the first down payment of their sponsorship, would have pulled out. So correct. I, so, and that's that is absolutely speaking the truth. Very very tough spot for the conference. Obviously, if you're not selling tickets, you have to sell speaking spots. Flicking through some of them, it is. Um, uh, it, 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 half of it's sort of head scratching, and half of it is. Um, whoa. Oh, I thought I, I thought I think. What have you found, Michael? Michael Cranston, director of Price Waterhouse, wasn't he the one that got into massive no. trouble with? No, not the ATO. My sons committed this massive payroll fraud. Commissioner Cranston. Learn, that learn the best way to handle an audit based on the inside knowledge of a forty-year ATO veteran and former. Deputy Commissioner. It is the one and own. That is hilarious. I was nearly flicking through, David, saying there is not one <laughs> session that I would get value out of. Uh, we were talking uh, pre-game. This this certainly has elevated to a lot of bigger firms. Um, as as a as a small as a very small firm, certainly I think this has got further away from content in the small firm. But Michael Cranston. So can I? Michael hang on, Cranston, can I go back? You ouch. you just said there isn't one session that I'd learn something from. Could you? Could I? Like, Sorry, th- th- not that it. That it get, not. Do that you mean it get, that? Not that it. Well, so two things. One is that I. So first of all, if it was in Melbourne, so you'd have to fly to Sydney. That's a bigger deal. But if it was in Melbourne, do you really mean that? You wouldn't learn a single thing here. It, it, no, I wouldn't learn anything that I'm not already getting from the software company's content that already is out there. That's already on their blogs. That's already in there. In their content plan, not anything. I mean, clearly, anything is, you know, a very big call. But uh, but the, I have the problem I have with a lot of these sold sessions, David, is their standard. Their standard. It's mo- a lot standard content. It's on their webinars. It's on their emails. It's well. That that's the challenge. Like if you if you're and and, and yeah, I know certainly from Change GPS, we're running a session there, which I'll talk about in a moment. It's not good enough, and you know I'm now in the on the sales side of things. When you meet with somebody, it's not good enough to regurgitate information that a, a smart, educated buyer can get off your website. And and honestly, if people do that, they're wasting their money, and they're not going to get a return from these events. Yeah, it, it, every day of the week, if I was in Sydney, I would go because uh, to network with the people and see the add-ons, the content. Although I'm in a different spot. In my journey, David wouldn't get me there. there if I had to do, there if I had go. to There's do anything, the qualification I was looking for. If I had to do anything more than about a ten-minute bus ride, I don't think it would be enough to get me out of, uh, to get me away from the office. Anyway, but I'm very sad to miss the golf day. The day after, anyway, that was mm. a very long first best on ground when we have so much content. Was that? Do you want to give the golf day a plug? Who's running the golf day? Uh, the Account Tech the account- Global. Is that their the name? Lillette, Lillette, Collegia, Kylie Parker and Kelly Shard. Have, it's sold out, I think. I think they've got maybe one hole left to sponsor. Fair it's enough. a nice little social day. If you're in Sydney, head up, check out who the sponsors are and, see, and you like golf, see if you can get a free invite out on the golf course Very on the Friday afterwards. to be missing that. It's about the only thing that no one's, on no one's invited me, Paul. 
Yeah, much of a golfer, mate. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's get on to let's keep going. Best on ground. We don't get it mini stuck golf. On mini, uh, actually, but, I'll take anyone on at mini golf. Mini, anyone mini golf would be good. Uh, uh, my best on ground. The Zero Boss Insights 2020 report. They have teamed up with the team at the Demographics Group, Bernard Saltz consulting arm uh, post wherever he was. He's a very talented speaker. Um, he, he has gone through and, and puts data together, puts data sources together in a very interesting way. Um, this is a really interesting read. Um, won't go through all of the however many 50, 70, 60-odd pages of the document, 71 or something. Um, just want to focus on one of the things, David, that I saw. Um, I bang on a lot about the percentage of businesses that are micro, small, etc. cetera. Um, I felt it was very well explained in this, uh, in this report. It had the... Uh, Broke businesses down into their size in terms of employees. Now, I like to do it in terms of turnover rather than employees, but you kind of get the gist. The sole traders that were had uh, just, so just one one person. Then there was micro businesses with one to four employees, um, small, which is five to nineteen employees, medium twenty plus, and large two hundred plus. Very interesting stats here. Again, confirms that sixty two percent of businesses are, are sole trader. Um, once you add the micro, once you add the 27% that get to uh, micro, you're up to 89, 89.2% uh, of all businesses have less than five staff. So that's in that micro segment. Certainly, um, when I talk about the you know, future of accounting and all of that, that client profile and the role, I feel that an, that an accountant plays in businesses that size, not all of them. Don't get me wrong, but that's you know that's certainly where where ninety percent of the work is um, of of small firms. They were also the only two segments, David, that had grown in the last year. The uh, sole traders had grown by four point five percent. The micros had grown by three percent. Small business contracted by nearly four percent. Medium business contracted by nearly 3%. And this is in numbers of businesses being registered at that size. And um, large businesses, 60 of the 390,000 or 1.5%, uh, were no longer in that bracket. Um, for me, very interesting numbers about the contraction in small, medium, and large business, whereas the micro and sole trader market are blowing up. Uh, I would say great time to be a small firm, compliance firm. Yeah, it, it, it may be, Paul. I'll, tell you, I'll just pick something up. Uh, yeah, the interesting thing for me is this is what – this is, you know, when we talk about big data and what you can do and the type of analysis and depth you can go to, Zero's hit the nail on the head of how powerful it can be with this. The, the data itself is fascinating. And, and, Paul, you've just given a, a very brief overview. I've got to be honest, listening to you read out numbers for 30 seconds – Probably not one of our best segments. But you forget that our audience are actually account. You've gone to software, mate. You're, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, listeners, maybe. Listeners, maybe. hit us up. Maybe. Hit us but, up but, on but, our channel, but, channels. But, read, but, no, but reading the report is genuinely fascinating. It is genuinely very, very interesting in it. But I just think it's this, you know, people talk about big data and I've, I've said very often small business 
it doesn't know what to do with the data that it's got in some respects, but also it doesn't have enough data to make any really big decisions because they don't have a big enough sample size for it. But this is kind of giving big data to the small business owners. And, and I think that that's just fantastic. It's an extension on the great work Zero does with the Small Business Insights data, which is more sort of policy. I would say it's a gender-led, but sometimes it does feel a bit of gender-led, whereas this is just this huge bucket of data that every business owner can use in their business planning and a great sign of what Zero could do with the amount of information they've got. Yes. Paul. No, I was, I'm trying, I was trying to work out some of the stuff. Oh, while you're thinking, yep. can I just share something we didn't cover in the prayer? I've just picked this up. I'm looking at the sponsors for Accounting Business Expo. I have never seen this many insolvency firms advertised at an accounting event. Is that a lead indicator of where the economy is heading? It has to be. Is, yes, maybe. Maybe they, they, they feel be. like the, the economy the economy uh, has almost <laughs> entered a, uh, especially retail, entered an ambulance phase. So some of the chasers might be lacing up the oh, no, but lacing I don't think, up no, the I don't runners. I'm not so sure. It's, I don't think it's uh, – yeah, I, I, there are definitely ambulance chasers in that, in that part of the world. But it actually could be a genuine th- – there's expected to be a lot – maybe there's going to be a lot more insolvencies um, – and there is an extra level of education maybe that accounts need about it. I'll tell you one thing, Paul, uh, McKay Goodwin, which is a big insolvency firm, uh, welcome to the sponsorship table of From the Trenches. We're going to have – I didn't mean to do this. I just noticed it going through the sponsors. Uh, in a few weeks' time, we're going to have the director from McKay Goodwin talking about the impact of the retail sector and things that we can uh, be aware of to help accountants and trends in that space in the retail sector, Paul, which was your idea, mate. You said we should do more stuff on retail. I think and so. I didn't tell you this before the show. You Sorry. Didn't. No, but that's I sold, right. I sold some sponsorship. Well done. Well, we are, we are a long way into the show and we've only just covered the first two. So let's get, let's get cracking. What else? Go. What else you got? Uh, love this article from Shay Thire up on LinkedIn. She was at the Adelaide Zero Roadshow and she posted, I think Trinidad was talking about this at the time, uh, anyone in the accounting firm that thinks we're not all competing on client experience, arguably alone is dreaming. It's all about the client experience. Paul, your clients love the way you service your clients. That's why they stick with you. Every type of client out there increasingly is having a type of firm. I spoke to a firm today, a bunch of uh, two partners out of Deloitte who just work with ultra high net worths at an ultra boutique level. You literally cannot find them online and they have a certain type of experience for their firm. I'm talking about client experience and customer service at Accounting Business Expo. Love that post from Shay. I'm moving on because we're running out of time already. Fair enough. Uh, client experience, client relationship. I think um, both are true, and whether or not, yeah. and whether or not accountants are truly competing, I think that's uh, not entirely sure. There's a whole lot of competition. I certainly think there is enough to get around. Uh, zero in best on ground for me. Um, Again, I Jeez. I often talk about uh, a lack of innovation, David. Uh, and I am happy to, you can remind me now when I say it's not just since Find and Recode. Uh, I haven't used this feature yet, but- Loved Find and Recode. Automatic, automatic activity statements. Um, a few years ago, Zero Tax very much wanted to uh, get access to the tax office data, be a little bit more of a bulk, a bulk pull approach. Uh, Matthew Prowse talked about this quite a bit. This is a really smart use of it. This is letting 
um, firms on the first of every month, or they can they can pull it uh, in bulk. Every activity statement that the uh, the ATO has for their people in their client list automatically, even with the ability to set up its own uh, new job or put it in an existing job in Zero Practice Manager. Uh, very, very, very good feature that I uh, am extremely looking forward to. There you go. I do not say that a lot, David, but I am about this. Paul, it's a, it's definitely a great feature. It's one of those features that got a bit of a <gasps> when it was announced at the Zero Road Show. Uh, great to see some innovative features coming through. A, a lot Next of these, from- a lot of these, um, and, and, you know, some of these simple things, David. It goes to just taking, you know, what I love about it is, you know, nobody dies, nobody's jobs getting replaced. This is actually just taking inefficient time out of accounting firms chasing all these tiny little installment, little activity yeah. statements that we we actually don't generally charge for, but they get lost and you never know where they've gone. This is just, it goes why into our system. Why don't you charge for them? Um, I, it's often part of the compliance or the compliance plus, which is, I mean, I do mm-hmm. in, a, in that extra fixed fee, have a check out Freedom Mentoring for my uh, fixed fee compliance plus pricing plan. David, uh, thank you for that. Uh, but- um, <laughs> I do, but a lot of people don't. So anyway, that's my thing. I am uh, looking forward I to using that. What do you? What else you got? Uh, importance of compliance professionals was a headline that stood out to me. I was always going to click on that. That is that is clickbait for a David Boy or a Paul Meisner. The Eureka Report publishing an article by Lisa Papa Christophorus. Papa Christophorus, Lisa, and I. Did our CA, did we do a CA together? No, she was a bit senior than me at Moore Stevens back in the day. She's now getting published in the Eureka Report. She's an SMSF guru. She reckons she's seen 4,000 SMSFs over her career. And the purpose of her article is that SMSF, this, this is a trend that's been coming for a long time, she's almost drawing the line of Zan in it, is so specialised right now, you really need to be an expert. And just dabbling in SMSF is opening yourself and your practice up to a lot of risk because of the amount of obligations that are on trustees and the responsibility of accountants for advising the trustees to be doing the right thing. Um, it could mean a boon for the S- external SMSF providers. There's plenty of them around. The outsource accountant's got an SMSF team, uh, so you can get in touch with those guys if you're looking at offshoring your superannuation stuff. Um, and it's just this interesting, you know, Paul, you always say there's just more and more compliance is coming. The flip side of that is that there's more and more risk coming as well for the professional and a bit of a warning from Lisa to make sure that risk is managed properly in the practice in this great article. Yeah, certainly. I think um, SMSF, uh, plainly uh, complex. I think a lot of the structuring slash advisory stuff, still a good area for uh, just pure tax compliance and running. Interestingly, it's been a bit of a... uh, football between accountants, financial planners and lawyers for a long, long time now and and industry super funds. So I sort of – I tend to take a little bit of that with a grain of salt, but it is interesting – certainly the advisory advisory side of it um, has gotten – has just gotten quite 
crazy and a little bit of a minefield. I think I, I think the tax side's not too uh, not too bad. At the end of the day, that is what we sort of do. So anyway, that's uh, an in- yeah the tax side. I agree. Interesting article. Well, uh, one thing for me, uh, best on ground is. The ASX, albeit uh, they launched this on the eve of the coronavirus affecting the markets, the they have got now the uh, S and P ASX All Technology Index. They've created a technology index highlighted by zero uh, zero R. I think sort of one of the the shining stocks in this new uh, new index. So congratulations to zero there. An unfortunate timing, given that everyone got batted after that. Is that your third? Is that your third zero reference for the show? Yeah, it is. Oh. Well done. And I'm and I'm not even paid. There you go. Um, one of the things that's really interesting is that Marcus Padley. Now I've followed Marcus Padley since one of my early jobs, uh, where a financial planning firm. Um, uh, had subscribed to his stuff. I love the way he writes. I love the way he breaks down um, data on the stock market. Uh, he has called in his latest uh, stock market update zero, the number one most overvalued stocks relative to intrinsic value in the ASX 100. Um which I just found I just found interesting. Uh, I think the price he quotes in it is uh, that was at a far higher price than uh, it's come off a little bit. But anyway, very. I, I might very I might take the gloss off this zero very friendly show. I've just noticed this, Paul. Sorry, I haven't got the link up, but you'll in the zero partners official group up on Facebook. It's literally just come up on my screen, and I know I'm going to skip. You know, I'm going to skip my last best on ground because I want to talk about this. MYB are running an advertising campaign at the moment, 10 signs you've outgrown zero, naming the competitor. Are the gloves off, Paul? Are the gloves finally off? Is this a full-on fisticuff? It is interesting. It's, it, they've, they've, um, they haven't gone direct for a while. That is, anyway, that is interesting. I will – you should tweet her. We should, we should see a screenshot and then we'll – Work it out. Any, I'll flick it to you now. That mate. is a thank you very much. That is a very long best on ground. Let's get to uh, everyone's Worst. everyone's favourite segment. Worst on ground from the trenches, <laughs> mate. What do you got? The ATO. Come on, please don't tell me the ATO are going to hit worst on ground two weeks in a row. Sorry, guys. It's arguably not even their fault. They're just doing their job, but yes, they are. How can compliance be dead when the FBT guide for employers, so business owners, comes in at 277 pages long? 277 pages as a guide to employers. How did you find find that number of pages? Did you Google it or did you just download it into Word? I... Somebody said it in the Small Business Accounts and Advisor Pro and Trust Group, Paul. But unfortunately, I think I've ruined this group. I think I've ruined the purity of this group. I feel like, you know, when the, I feel like, you know, Byron Bay used to be pure and then the property developers and all the fast food chains came in because Vanderbeek said that that he he joined it because he heard me raving about it on the show. And then so Vanderbeek starts commenting last night. And I got sucked in last night. And then we ended up with our own little Twitter echo chamber again where it was me and Ian Walker and Mark Patterson and Cassandra Scott all just talking about the same thing. And I just thought, 
oh, no, we've ruined this beautiful, pure group with our thought leadership and incessant self-promotion as I self-promoted three From the Trenches episodes at the same time. <laughs> very, so very I'm, well I, I'm going to back out of this group, I'm, Paul. I'm putting myself in worst on ground. I'm going to defend the FBT guide, David. I find it exceptionally useful. I think it has a lot of You're chap- an accountant. You're not an employer. It has a lot of chapters. If you well, – I mean oh, – It has a lot of chapters. Let's get an account. That's how we that's how we, Get an account. Employers – That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but even though it's a guide for employers, employers don't read it. They try to read it. It confuses exactly. them and then they call You're their the account. ATO- you know what the ATO should say? FBT is really complex. Click on this link for tons and tons of words or call your accountant, which we recommend. We should white That's label That's what I'd like to say. We should them white doing. label it. Absolutely. All right. My- oh, the From the Trenches Employer's Guide to FBT. Exactly. Uh, two small worst on grounds for me. Actually, lob it on for me for worst on ground, which is surprising. I'll go away and have a, a talk to myself. The this stuff coming out of the yeah, we obviously saw the bushfires. One of the first initiatives to come out of uh, the uh, to band together for uh, sponsorship or fundraising was the comedian Celeste Barber, who put together a Facebook fundraiser uh, and raised a staggering fifty two million dollars off. I think about one point three million people. Um, the interesting thing, and just the devil in the detail here of, of the, the fund or the charity she nominated was the um, RFS. I think it's that's the New South Wales version of the Country Fire Authority um, who have very strict guidelines on what they can and can't spend the money on. This is a really interesting story for me. I think it has a happy ending, which I'll hopefully get to in a sec, but the um, – Obviously, Celeste Barber has done a tremendous job. It got it was, it was first to market. It got people going. She did promise a lot in terms of where the money would go. She promised that it would be to um, not just New South Wales, that it would go to victims as well as as firefighters. Um, some people early on um, tried to tell her that the her nominated trust wasn't going to allow that to happen she ignored them she called them trolls she tried to shut them down she tried to she really fought against them instead of sort of saying oh well um yeah it seems like we we just fight online now rather than listening no. and, and uh, rather than listening and having a proper conversation um so instead of instead of uh, listening to these people, she said, you don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, this has ended up not only in the Supreme Court. They've had to go to the Supreme Court to try to get the uh, court to allow this this trust to spend some My money. goodness. The Greens in the New South Wales Parliament, I believe, today put in a legislative instrument to allow um, donations made during a certain time period to be treated separately. Uh, and, and when you're having to rely on legislation, government legislation being the quickest thing to fix this, you know you've got a problem. But look, yeah. obviously a wonderful story that people donated and were so generous, you know, a disappointing story that it's had to go to this and we haven't been able to work together as a community to uh, get it to the right place without involving... Mm. Lawyers on both sides and everything. I think it's a bit, bit disappointing. Oh, anyway, yeah. a little bit worse. I think we tried all sides. Yeah, you know, she came out at that, that, that fantastic relief concert and had a go at politicians for not listening. Yet here she was not listening to experts telling her the rules about trusts. Yeah, look exactly. <laughs> like to not even listen, she was sort of quite uh, dismissive. Anyway, what else you got? 
for my worst on ground. Yeah. Um, we've, we've had pre you never go at something here. We've had pre-bookkeeping. What's next? I've seen Bandy to Bound, especially, and this has come from someone who I respect, so it kills me even more. Ian Walker from Clarity Advisors has started talking about pre-advisory. Ian, you're getting into Ian. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't I told know him was, beforehand. I didn't I told know it was him. Ian. I, I saw it online and I texted him and I said, what? The last thing we need is pre-anything, let alone pre-advisory. What is it? So he says pre-advisory is a, a tool that helps junior accountants know what questions to ask or talk, talking points and prompts for clients based on certain um, I think financial Ian's, I think Ian's been metrics. hanging around with software too long. I think I remember Ian and I worked together. Uh, in, you know, we, he used to do. I used to know, know him when he was doing tax returns. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's aligned. Aligned pretty close to software and has learnt. Well, has learnt some <laughs> of the marketing jargon. No, I wouldn't say aligned to software because I mean his job now is helping firms implement software. Their, their cloud conversion software. Yeah, but there it's the firm practice software, not client software. You're right. But I think he's hanging out a bit too closely. So the app he's talking about is Clarity HQ, which is Ainsley's app out of the UK. It's a extremely basic. It's almost got like only seven KPIs and it. it's got like a data room in it for documentation. I'm not convinced it solves a real problem that, you know, Fathom isn't already solving. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like a slightly different take. But I'll tell you what. No business owner woke up this morning and said, ooh, I've got to buy some pre-advisory. No business owner wants a pimply-nosed CA candidate advising them on performance in their business. They just think that you've still got to do the runs, earn your stripes, get your experience before you start advising. Because a lot of people don't realise this, Paul, in the business advisory space, you can do more damage in a five-minute conversation than you can ever do by getting a number wrong on a tax return. Tax returns can be revised. It's a pain, but there's a process for it. Give the wrong advice on business performance and that cash is gone. Yep. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward and I'm not looking forward to this. At some point in the future, there's going to be a major court case where a business was paid for advisory services from accountants, didn't get it or got the wrong advice because a junior person did it or there wasn't quality control. Going back to the risk and governance of firms that I said was a big trend this year, it's going to happen because this is a much riskier thing than traditional compliance. There's some uh, software out there that is, I think the marketing cart, the marketing cart goes ahead of the product development, shows some. Uh, this, is, this is potentially worse than Zero's pre-accounting. Wasn't it? Uh, sorry, not zero. Receipt, receipt banks receipt. and receipt receipt banks largely done a very good job with their marketing over the years, which is why you and I are speaking at their RBX because we don't we don't mind them too much. But geez, that pre pre accounting. At least you knew that was bookkeeping pre advisory. What the hell is that? It's a very it's a very interesting. Uh, it is a very interesting accountants advising lemonade stands. That's what it, it is. So, it sounds a bit marketing to me. It sounds very marketing. Um, last one for me uh, on the worst on ground. Uh, this is an article coming out of Business Insider. Uh, Brad Patterson, the CEO of Split It. Uh, Brad Patterson, of course, from Intuit, 
I believe. I say of course and then have to prefix that with uh, I presume. I of think course, I'm pretty, of course, I'm pretty sure of course. it was. Um, of course. He, this is uh, someone in the fintech space that wanted to get an article uh, by the looks of it talking about his competitors whinging to the Senate committee about not needing oversight and then drafting their own industry code in the uh, fintech space, of course not calling it to go fast, uh, to go far enough, um, didn't see necessarily him, them, this company signing up for that code of standards. Um, in, some interesting comments there. I think these fintechs just jock, jockeying, jockeying for position. Jostling. Thank you very much. Um, for position and kind of all, uh, I, I just found it really interesting saying, knocking the regulation but not necessarily putting up their own even bigger regulation. You know, I don't see a lot of these people lining up to go, uh, yeah, we need more, but it's 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 them that uh, they weren't quite signing up for the first one. Interesting, uh, interesting article, but some people say uh, any publicity is good publicity. Paul, that's our show this week. That was. Thank you very much. Uh, but anyone with co- uh, content or comments out there, David, you were inundated on the road with people uh, people oh, coming it's... up to you. Was it a selfie even, I think? Mate, it was, um, it was really nice meeting some of our listeners out on the road. Thank you very much for everyone who came up and said hello and introduced yourselves. Uh, we had a change GPS breakfast in Perth and someone came up and said, hey, can I have a selfie to share with my team? I'll tell you what, Paul, we're, we're an accounting podcast. This is about as rock and roll as it's going to get for me, I reckon. I think this is peak rock and roll in my life, but, but it was fantastic getting out there and seeing everyone um, and looking forward to seeing you at Accounting Business Expo. Absolutely. I won't. But you're not, but you're not going to be there. No. No. Why not? For the reasons that we covered in the first seven minutes of the show, David. Oh, I, th- I, I think it's for the reasons that we covered in the seven minutes before you hit record. Well, all the, <laughs> they would have been exactly the same seven minutes that we covered last November no, when, exactly. we, when we recorded on the empty show hall. I wish, every, I wish everyone luck, especially the very fine exhibitors who have paid good money and couldn't get out of the deal, I hope. Uh, I hope they Thank you. Are. I appreciate your good luck and sentiment. I hope they get it because I get to do that now. Reward. Good luck. Have a wonderful week, everyone. And see ya. See ya. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul Meissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the Trenches.